In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, how do we live a life that is honorable? Well, first of all, I think we need to define honor and honorable. Uh, just look at me. <laughs> I define it. <laughs> honorable and humble, too, I might add. To that. <laughs> All right. So I'm not a good definition for no, that No, you are a great definition, <laughs> but I think we want to go beyond you right now. It's not all about you this day, but that's okay. I want to, you know what? I had a classic, I, I, it's not about you, but there's another woman in my life this morning that was truly, she truly is a woman of honor. This morning, we, there were six of us, my husband and I and two other fa- uh, couples, we took a woman in our church that actually was one of the founding charter members of our church 53 years ago. She turned 90 today. So we take her out. Oh, it was amazing. We took her out for breakfast and it was one of those, you know, you're in the presence of somebody really special. She is still delightful, so gracious. And so we asked her, what is your secret to just having such a great attitude, really Mm -hmm. being a person of honor? And, and uh, she made us laugh. She goes, well, first thing I do when I get up every morning, she goes, I am so grateful that I know who I am. (laughs) Meaning I still know I am Belle. (laughs) So, So tip number one is know who you are. Know who you are. Um, and that she can remember, she was saying, but we need to know who we are. And the second thing she said is, I just, I just thank God for my blessings. I just kind of list the things that I'm so grateful for. Mm. And then she says, and then I go, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? Mm. And I love, those are three simple things. And and that's, that was her, you know, secrets to living. And she really is an honorable woman that has left an incredible legacy in so many people's lives and life she will never even realize this side of heaven, and people don't even know who sh- this woman is that has impacted their life. And that is an honorable person. That That is. And it's neat to have women like that as role models. I know that is what um, created this urgency in us because of our moms leaving that same type of legacy where you end well. Mm-hmm. And to be able to be remarkable and be that model and really um, be the Jesus with skin on in all the things that you do, to do it with excellence. Well, and we see too many um, people, and especially women, that don't make right decisions and choices in their lives, and it leaves chaos and crisis where it's not honorable in so many ways. And so we are so passionate to help women go, let's, let's be women that, that do lead and live our lives for impact. 
Absolutely. And that is why today on Girlfriend It, which is a leadership development movement for women, that we are going to talk with Mark Moore. And he's a professor at Ozark Christian College. And Mark has authored a number of books, mostly on the life of Christ. He's also a speaker, which I heard him this summer at a conference. And you came home raving about him. I did, because he talked about what it looks like, the picture of a man of honor. And I thought, you know, so many times, just like you said earlier, we don't even hear that word anymore. It's mm-hmm. almost like it's gone out of style or something. And women want to know, how do I marry a man of honor? How do I raise my kids? How do I raise my sons to be a man of honor? And they're not seeing the model. Sometimes we're going to have to actually verbally communicate this to them because so many times we're not modeling that behavior. So with that said, welcome, Mark Moore. How are you today? I'm fantastic. So, like I said, you you got me pretty riled up when I came back from the summer uh, listening to you speak. So I just want to thank you and just let you know so many of us appreciated what you had to say. Well, it was it was actually a strange experience for me, Patty, because that <clears throat> the list of ten characteristics of an honorable man, or what I'm calling boys to men. How do you, how do you take a young man and and tur- or a, a boy and turn him into a man? Um, let me tell you a, a backstory. I was. I was walking across our campus. Um, it's, been a, it's been several years ago now, but I was I was coming up on uh, two young ladies. Uh, clearly, one of them had just broken up with a boyfriend, and so they were they were into a bash fest on all men in general. <laughs> and when, I, I, I walk faster than most of my students, but I'm very cat-like, so they don't hear me coming, which is an advantage. <laughs> so as I passed in between the two of them, one of them said, "Boys are just nasty." And without looking back, I said, yes, but men are awesome. Find one. And just kept walking. And so that's kind of my advice um, to women. Don't date boys. Men are okay. The the problem is uh, a lot of women don't know how to how to even look for a man. So, at the conference patty that you were talking about, this this list that I've been developing literally for a decade now. It, it just kind of came out, and I was going to share with uh, – I was teaching high school graduates. There's, there was what, Patty, do you remember, 150, something like that? I was going to share this list with them. But on the day that I was to share that, that list, and I didn't know this, all the boys were pulled out of that session to go to go rafting uh, down a whitewater river in Colorado. So I'm looking at a group of girls, and I told them that kind of what the topic was that I was planning on on addressing, and they said, "No, no, you have to share it with us." And I said, "Well, I, I really can't share with you the the topic of boys to men because you're not boys." And said, but what I can do is share the same material with you uh, under the title "Don't date him unless." And so that, that's kind of the way I would present it to women. But uh, after, that, after that session, I just, I just had so many requests for the adults to hear it. And then after I shared it with the adults, the next two conferences I was at made a request. Oh, we, we heard about this list. We want to hear the list. So at some point, we probably need to get this down on paper for people. But uh, it, was, it just stunned me the the response that people had to this, because I didn't think it was anything too stellar, but it was just kind of this old-fashioned wisdom that so many people have lost 
relationships with with grandma and grandpa and really mom and dad that this is is now what used to be common sense is now just this novel brand new wisdom absolutely absolutely so tell us more about these tips then how do how do we change the direction that it's going right now um you're asking for the content of the list or how do we how do we integrate these uh, actual characteristics into young men's lives? Both. <laughs> a, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, let, me, let, me, let me start with, with kind of the backstory of how I integrate uh, mentoring principles into young men. And I am so, so thankful for the two of you, what you're doing for women, because th- though there is just this, like, black hole of men in men's life. The discrepancy between men's mentoring and women's mentoring is just colossal. Even though we don't have we don't have a fraction of the men's mentors that we need. Women's mentors are almost completely absent. And I think part of that is many of the structures in which that happened naturally are are just gone. Uh, women cooking in the kitchen together, mm-hmm. gone. Women around a, a quilt, quilting or sewing, gone. And so a, a, a lot of I, – I really do thank God for what has happened with women in the professional arena and women having the ability to, to work. We still have a, you know obvious deficit between equal pay for equal work. I, I understand all that. There have been some advantages of women in the last really 40 years in our country, but it's also been at some very significant costs of women with women mentoring. So I'll leave that to you guys to figure out in another show. (laughs) Um, Well, you know what? Mark, that's so true, though, because what's happening because of that is we, we have lost those sewing circles and those knitting circles, and... The women are becoming very isolated and very lonely, and I think because of that, there's so there's so many high expectations on the husband to fulfill all that that they used to be able to get with that female community and those friendships. And you know, God made us to be relational, and yes, we can, you know, we we can have that relationship with Christ, but we also need those other outside relationships, and one person cannot provide that. And then it turns into nagging, and it turns. This is the cyclical behavior. So that's such a good point. Well, and he, he, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but one of the things that really happened in the first century church that liberated women in an extraordinarily powerful way. And I, I've only heard one person ever talk about this. The if you were a part of a synagogue, you would leave your home as a woman. You would leave your home, and that you would go to the synagogue often. Uh, women were not supposed to speak in the synagogue. They were clearly second-class citizens. There was no upfront role in the synagogue for women. And Roman women, uh, the real source of power was the forum. Again, public space where women were to be uh, were not to speak. They were not to have uh, really kind of any influence or power. If you were a Greek woman. The marketplace or the agora is where public discourse took place with the philosophers like Socrates out on this uh, porch preaching to the masses. Again, women had had almost no public voice. The church came along, 
And instead of being, uh, instead of the, the public discourse of the people of God being in the, in the agora of the Greeks or the forum of the Romans or the synagogue of the Jews or temple of the Jews, it was in the home. And suddenly, the place where women did have a voice was the place where the church was meeting. And so in 1 Corinthians 11, you have women who are praying and prophesying in the church service with, with a voice. And what's happened, uh, it, I'm not saying that our country was always divided, uh, men working outside the home and w- women working inside the home, obviously on, on farms and things, uh, all hands on deck. But what happened, at least in recent history of America, is the place where women naturally have a voice in the kitchen, around the table, in the living room, we, we've, we've taken that away. And so we forced women um, just by kind of social values. You need to be in the marketplace. You're a working woman. You're equal to yes. men. And though I agree with much of that sentiment, one of okay, the Okay, Mark, you know what? We, we are going on a commercial break, so hold that thought, and we will be right back. Stay tuned as well. Gotcha. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togginap.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millat, at 11, 10 central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millett on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. 
And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are talking today with Mark Moore, a professor at Ozark Christian College. And once again, Mark has authored a number of books, and he is doing a fabulous job of making Jesus famous. And we just love conversing with Mark today and talking about how to be a man of honor. And we, we kind of got sidetracked there, Mark, and started talking about um, women. But let's go back on what, what do you think would be some great tips for just the women listeners out there on how to look for a man of honor, how to raise their sons to be a man of honor? What would be some, some suggestions there? Absolutely. Let me actually just plow through a few of the 10 characteristics that I demand uh, in the guys that I disciple. And I have a formal, formal relationship with five young men at a time. You know, Jesus could take 12. I'm not even half what he was. So <laughs> five, is, five is all I can do. But over the past 20 years of doing this, I've really, I've really tried to drill down on 10 characteristics that if my guys are going to be men of God, here is what I want, I want them to have. And so for your listeners, I would say if you're a mother and you're raising a son, uh, particularly in conjunction uh, with your husband or the boy's father, here are characteristics you develop in your, in your son. If you are a young woman and you are uh, in a dating relationship, if he doesn't have these characteristics, dump him. Wow. And you remember, Patty, there was a girl in the back of the room last summer who raised her hand and said, well, my boyfriend doesn't. He doesn't have these characteristics, but he doesn't have anybody in his life developing them. I'm the only one in his life speaking true to him. Same advice, dump him. Because <laughs> in God's design, a, a woman dating a man is not in the position of spiritual authority to embed these characteristics mm -hmm. in his life. You mm -hmm. cannot, you cannot change him. And sorry about that. I know you love him, but he will never be with your influence alone, the man that God calls him to be. So mothers, fathers, here's the list. Number one, you want to embed honor in your son. Honor, the, the opposite of that is not dishonor. It is actually selfishness. Mm. So we're trying to raise boys that would be like a Christian Jack Bauer, who <laughs> he just, uh, I don't know, you know, the show 21 is, I love that show. But part of what I love about it is the character of Jack Bauer is driven by this great ideal of America, uh, the, land of the, the land of freedom, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And everything that he does is driven by this grand ideal. And I want my my boys to become men in that there is a grand ideal of the kingdom of God that drives everything that they do. And so there, there's just this, this is like um, this, this idea, this, this metaphor, this kingdom of God. It's real, all right, although mm -hmm. you can't really put it in your pocket. But the, the promise, the hope, the dignity of the kingdom drives your daily behavior. Absolutely. And I, I love that reference of Jack Bauer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the ways that, 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 we, that we have to embed that characteristic, and, and so the characteristic is honor versus selfishness, I would demand out of our children obedience, particularly to the father and the mother. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I see parents in the grocery store saying, now stop that, 
but there's no demand for obedience. Or when they count to one, two, three. What a horrible thing to do to a child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because you're saying to him, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the count of three to be disobedient and then then I'm gonna you know lose my cool and no, if I say take your hand off that, you take your hand off that because I said to take your hand off that. Mm-hmm. And if we can't have children that respect their parents without this kind of coercion, without this kind of, okay, I expect you to be bad for this lag time, then you are, you're cursing your child to be a boy all his life and not a man. Well, you know, and that's such a good point. I used to do, uh, be a trainer, a corporate trainer in the airline industry. And because of that one, two, three, that we give our children all of these different options and they can explain to us why they don't want to do it this way, we would have these flight attendants that when the captain would say, close the door, you always have a reason why you don't need to close the door. Well, I can't close the door because I have another passenger walking down, or I can't close the door because of blah, blah, blah. And we had to almost like retrain them that when your captain says close the door, you don't know what's going on. He could be hearing that a hijacker is running down the jetway, or you have you know a fire that's coming through the, the jetway. You close the door. And that's so true. We, we give them all these different excuses, and we're going to count opportunities. Yeah, these opportunities. And then we're having to retrain them in an emergency situation, you listen and you obey, period. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. Yeah, and I think the reason that we have that we have been so permissive with our own children and the people that we're discipling is because we are in a culture of independence where we want everyone to think for themselves and everyone to make their own decisions. That's balderdash. I mean, I'm a, I'm a college professor. I don't let my, my students make all their own decisions. Of right. course, I train them to be raised up in leadership, but these freshmen are, are 18 years old. They, they don't know what a good paper is. So if I just, uh, yeah, go ahead and turn in whatever you want, and, uh, and of course, I have to respect what, what you write. No, I don't. I have to train you mm. to know truth mm-hmm. and live truth and be obedient to leaders. The relationship, every, every human relationship that we have is God's gift to us. Mm. to know how to have a relationship with him. Hmm. The relationship to a father and a mother, father in particular, is the biblical metaphor for our relationship with God. And if we don't teach our children how to have fidelity and obedience, honor of parents, then, then again, we curse them to not know how to give obedience and fidelity mm-hmm. to the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. I love what you're talking about, the training, Mark, because that requires effort. And you see so many parents and people, they're just exhausted. They don't take the time to truly develop and train. And they let, they justify and they compromise and and not realizing, you know, short term, they're they're saving themselves time, but the long-term consequences can be devastating if they don't deal with issues and take the time to develop and train now with their kids. Oh, absolutely. I think the most exhausted parents are the ones who aren't training their children. Because mm-hmm. it's a whole lot easier to walk through the park with little ducks in a row than it is, you know, trying to, trying to herd cats. <laughs> and this is, it's just, it's it's bizarre to me that a parent could even survive without, a, without disciplining their children. Mm-hmm. Well, th- let me move on to the second characteristic. It's respect. Mm. And 
respect is very similar to honor, uh, but honor is is given be, because of what is internal to you. I, I I'm kind of a kind of a, a wild stallion here on campus. I love to do what I want to do and kind of a maverick. But if my boss tells me to sit and see, I'm going to sit down and ask why later. Mm-hmm. It's because of who I am. On the other hand, respect is because of who the other person is. So if the president walked into my office, I would stand up and salute, regardless of my political position, because he's the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Same goes for teachers, pastors, parents, police. Their position demands respect. Mm-hmm. And so the opposite of respect is not disrespect, but myopia. And let me illustrate it this way. I had this, this kid in class. Um, Brian was his name. He, Brian is a great kid, parentless child. Very wealthy parents, but they were absent, and he got whatever he wanted. Brian loved me, and he would do anything to earn my respect. One day in class, he's sitting there texting. And, I mean, if someone needs to send a texting, I mean, I don't care. But (laughs) I don't want conversations to go on. Mm -hmm. And he was having a conversation, and so I stopped and said, Brian, put that away. And he could tell by my voice that I was displeased with him. And I saw hurt and confusion in his eyes at the same time. And we talked about it later. And he said, you know, I, but I wasn't disturbing anyone. He said, you were disturbing me. And Brian's thought was, if nobody outside of 18 inches around me is affected by my behavior, then it's okay and no one should enter into my bubble. Well, myopia, which is pandemic in teenagers, is the inability to see beyond the length of your own fingertips. Mm. And what, what happens in class, and I was actually watching this happen because um, I had another group of seniors who were taking a sophomore-level course. They were on Facebook during class. They didn't think I could tell because the screens were facing away from me, but it it really, you have to be blind not to know that you've lost someone's <laughs> attention. And I rebuked them in class and said, you're looking at hockey scores and you're on Facebook. And they came to me later, they apologized. And then, then I said, what you don't know is that I was watching the entire back row watch you. And mm-hmm. several other people were, were getting on technology in class because the seniors in the class were doing it. We have no clue the kind of influence we have. And if, you're, if, if you don't want influence, you live your life as a boy. If you want influence, you need to start paying attention to who's looking at you. Mm. That's such a good point. And, Mark, we just have less than a minute before we take another commercial break. But so much in here, uh, even about influence, not realizing who's watching you. And we always say that it's a small world. You really have to behave yourself um, because you don't know who really is watching you. And when you can't and when especially when you can't see beyond your fingertips, um, you're so unaware and oblivious to what's going on around you. And the messages that we communicate, not just verbally, but just by our actions. 
and you're addressing that so much. And we can't wait to come back in just a few seconds and, and hear more about these qualities. And love how you distinguish the difference between honor and respect. And one is internal and one is more is external. And so as we come back, we are talking with Mark Moore, who is professor at Ozark Christian College. And speaking about men of honor and tips, great advice for women, great advice for men and for us raising our parents. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on Togginap.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, Noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. So welcome back. We are talking with Mark Moore, professor at Ozark Christian College. And we left, we're, we're on just a few tips, <laughs> tip three, out of so so many tips, Mark, because you just have so much wisdom on, on this subject. And I love how you're saying you can either, you can make a choice. You can stay a boy or you can really reach that, that goal of becoming a man of honor. So we were just talking about the difference of, um, of respect and honor. And 
I also like how you were saying we need to train up our boys to know the truth. And every relationship is God's gift to us and a way for us to, to understand him. And um, so just kind of going on that, what, what is your next tip for us? Well, the, the third in my list of ten is gratitude. One of the, one of the things that is such an easy I mean, say the easy window into a into a man's soul is how easily he says thank you for things. Mm. And, I mean, it's it's free, right? It doesn't cost you anything. But to overthank people for what they do, for those above you, for those uh, at your same level, or those that you're mentoring, to thank people for being on time, to thank people for you, the gift that you got, thank people for listening well. The, the opposite of, of gratitude, not ingratitude, but is actually entitlement, where I, I don't thank you because I thought I, I thought I deserved that anyway. Of course you would open the door for me. Of course you would give me your parking place. Of course, you know, whatever you're receiving, I, I deserve it. And the two groups of people in America that it seems to me are so enamored by entitlement, I mean, almost intoxicated by it, are teenagers yes. who are hardly grateful for anything. Mm-hmm. Now, and the AARP crowd. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I, I, I understand that you're in Phoenix. I understand that there, I mean, there could be listening a, a, a lot of people who are in the senior citizens bracket. Let me just say, uh, I appreciate what you did for the country. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't kill the future of it. Well, you know what's so interesting? Because when you're around um, so many people in that, in that age group, you, you always wonder, okay, have they always been like this? Or do, as we age, does it only enhance some of those qualities that Your are in us. Yes. Were you always grumpy? And then as you, as you get older, it's just magnified and enhanced, or do you become that way? I'm always, I'm always taken back by that. Well, and I have to add, thank you to you because since we don't have that heart of gratitude, it, 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 it is amazing when you do hear it, you're almost like taken back a little bit. And, um, because it's so much a part of who you are and it comes out your pores. When I emailed you initially, you responded back with a thank you for what you do. And I was like, Oh wow, he appreciates what Lisa and I do. And then you, you said it again, even on, on the radio, I think like three or four times you've, you've thanked us and you really do appreciate it because so many times, not that it's all about, Oh, we need to be thanked because we're doing it obviously for our jewels in heaven, but it's just nice to hear it. Well, well, sure. And uh, honestly, as you're talking about my own, my own pilgrimage was saying thank you to you. I don't remember any of that. It, it really was ingrained to me. Thanks to Mm -hmm. my good, my parents did a good job in that area of my life of you, you don't deserve a car. You Mm -hmm. don't deserve a college education. You don't deserve uh, I mean, really what you deserve as a child, mm-hmm. what you deserve is food on the table and clothes on your back. Everything else should be earned. And I, I just think that until you understand that, you're always going to be a child. And I, I want to say uh, to the older folks who are, who are listening, who are the retired folks, I don't blame mo- – first of all, most older people that I know are really pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, don't, I don't 
really have like this uh, anti-aged thing where I, I, th- I think they're disrespectful. Quite the contrary. But there are many in the AARP crowd who are feeling this entitlement. And I get that because if I felt like I had to rely on a future generation for my Social Security. I would be very, very nervous right now because mm-hmm. of that entitlement. But the solution is for the seniors to say to the young people, here's what we had, and here's what you're entitled to, and I'm going to prove it by continuing to be a contributor rather than a, a taker. Wow. And I am so grateful for the 70-year-old, 75-year-old that are contributing, whether it's volunteer work or whether it's just staying in the job market, and saying to young people, look at me, continue to look at me. I will model for you what a giver is like. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, not only will society be better, but those who continue to work, who continue to contribute, they are the healthiest, happiest people. I'm not saying to young people, you need to thank me because it's good for me. You need to thank me because it's good for you. Absolutely. Well, let, let me move on to the, to the fourth one, could I? Yep. Financial integrity versus greed. Mm. A, a, a boy is always a boy who doesn't know how to handle his money. Mm. And I want, I want to say three things to every, every young lady out there, because I know this is a big one when young ladies are, are looking for a guy. I, I wouldn't look at how much money he has. I would look at what he does with the money mm-hmm. that he has. And there, there are three things that I would look at. Number one, does he tithe? Because mm-hmm. if he can't give a tenth to God, then he's not going to give a tenth to you. Mm-hmm. And if, he's, I mean, if he does not understand that all he has is gift, it's, it's blessing from God, then you will be in the category of his money, like his money. He will, he will view his wife like he views his money. I earned it. I deserve it. And mm-hmm. when it stops working for me, I, I pitch it. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I would look for is does he have debt? There's absolutely no reason for an 18 to 22-year-old to be in debt, even for college. And I know that some people are going to freak out over this, <laughs> but I've watched, I mean, even some of the guys that I've discipled, I've got one guy who's walking out of Bible college between he and his wife, $40,000 in debt. We're well, hearing more and more, Yes. And ministry doesn't pay that well, and the mm-hmm. younger you are in ministry, the worse it pays. So now, if God calls him to go somewhere, he cannot follow the call of God because of the, the, what he is tied to his ankles. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I would rather a student take six or eight years to get through college than to go through in four years with a debt, unless you're going into a very high-paying position, if you're going to be a doctor or something, that might make sense. But the, but the debt that, that, we, uh, that we put on ourselves cripples us for decades. And if you, if you want to be wise as a young man, you need to eradicate your debt so that you can live with freedom. All right, so there's my hobby horse on that. One of the things well, that girls should should look I, for. I yeah. think that that is such good advice right now, especially I have, I have a son that's 18 and he's, he's going to college and, and quite a few of his friends 
are in that same, um, that place of, I, but I'm going to go be a lawyer. I'm going to go be a doctor. I'm going to go. And it's, but you can't, you can't confirm that that is what you're going to do in the next four to eight years. So I just think it's, it, you just have to be so careful with that, that debt. Well, and yeah. there's some great resources out there to help you, like Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace and some of those to really help you have a plan and stay the course and um, and kind of be in, in a group with others to hold you accountable. Because I know my own kids who are in their early 20s, have they don't have college debt and they don't have debt because they, they've gone through the financial piece and they've really they've stuck to a plan. So it is possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's going to cost you. I mean, you can't, you can't have a drink at Starbucks every time you go in. You can't yeah. drive a brand new car. You're, yes. you, I mean, you you can't have the night the newest and nicest clothes. But mm-hmm. it, it, I do all my I do almost all my clothes shopping at Goodwill because we had a little tornado here on the 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 fifth the twenty second of May uh, in my town and it wiped out the Goodwill. So I'm I'm not buying any new clothes now or something like that. But you know, <laughs> the, the kids just have to know. Um, there, there will be a sacrifice to it. And you're right, there's great resources. So yeah. young ladies, look for a guy who gives the first 10% of his income to God, mm-hmm. who, has, who refuses to go into debt, and who is generous, especially with tipping mm-hmm. um, in restaurants. This is just an easy thing to look for. What, what does he put on this? Does he put 5%, 10%, 20%? Uh, go for a 20% guy because <laughs> he will be as generous with you as he is with the waitress because it's in him. He can't be other. Okay, I love that. Go for a 20% guy because that is so true. And you see so many, um, it, it does tell a lot about a person, how they tip and how they treat somebody. So that's a, that is a, that's a kind of a catchy phrase to remember. Well, and I've never thought of it that way because my husband was the tither and the 20% man. And I tell you, I see his generosity and, and he's been so blessed because of it. So th- those are two great tips. That do work. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they really do work. And let me let me peel off for for just a second. I know we're they're going to come up on a break here in a in a minute, but I want to I want to talk about mentoring women because I I did that for a short period of time. I I probably shouldn't have done it because of you know the accusations that can come up. But I just my heart just broke for the women on our campus that did not have spiritual leadership. And here's what I here's what I learned about about mentoring women. For my guys, I always tell my guys, I believe in you. And my single goal in mentoring men from boys to men is that they would believe about themselves what I see in their future. Mm-hmm. And most young men, all they can believe about themselves is what they see in their past. Mm-hmm. For women, it was different. I, I, learned, I, I learned two things. Number one, that women have fat days. I didn't know that. <laughs> hey, where, hey, hey. You're a wise where they just, man. What's that? You're a wise man, realizing that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been, been married for 20 years when I was, uh, had, was mentoring these girls, and I just realized, oh, well, that's why. Okay, so the girls taught me that. And don't forget the bad hair days, too. <laughs> well, I'm completely bald. So for me, anyone else saying they're having a, a bad hair day, I just think it's hypocritical. But the, the other thing I learned about, about girls is they well, we need to, to know right back, they're beautiful. Mark, we'll, we have a commercial break, and we, we'll be right back. Stay tuned to Girls. All right.
This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it radio right after these. People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio where it's all about choices. Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune into Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us. For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell. Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Want to be challenged in a powerful way to leap beyond what you think is possible? Then join us Mondays for the Leah Jansen Show. Every Monday at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. central on toginet.com with Leah Jansen. Listen live as life coach Leah uses her coaching skills to give you the tools you need to take action and create momentum. You are encouraged to call in and share your greatest fears, challenges, and obstacles. And then listen as Leah obliterates those barriers to success. For more on Leah and the show, check out her website, leahjansen.com. That's Leah, L-E-A-H, J-A-N-T-Z-E-N.com. Spend one hour with Leah, and you'll be captivated by her energy, enthusiasm, and magnetism. You'll quickly become addicted to her positive attitude and make-it-happen mentality. Ready for a life-changing, mood-altering show? Then get ready for Leah Jansen. And listen live to The Leah Jansen Show every Monday morning at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We have been talking with Mark Moore this day about Men of Honor, and he's been sharing, well, we started having a list of 10 tips to how do you recognize and how do you develop and train boys and men to be men of honor. But I think we're at number four for the tip. But, Mark, we're going to interrupt you because going back to the beginning of the show, you mentioned that you invest and spend time with about five people at a time that you mentor, that you you know, you know pour into. I want to back into that because so many times it is hard to know what is realistic as far as when we are, are mentoring or coming alongside people, what is, what, is the, what is the right number and what does that time look like and the time commitment? Is it like six months or, and then is it once a month for six months? Can you back into that? that and, and yeah. yeah, and Lisa, let me tell you that I've just updated my website and I know it's going to be on your website too, uh, Boys to Men. If you just go to markmore.org, they can click on the entire handout. So I intentionally just gave you teasers. So you don't need all 10. You can download those. Um, and we'll probably do more with that later in terms of audio as well as um, uh, a book in the future, if the Lord wills. But 
let's use our time right now to help women mentor women. That is so important for me. So the, the question is, what does it practically look like to take five guys under your wing and, and mentor them? Because of my unique situation, what women do will have to be morphed to what is realistic and reasonable to leverage their own giftedness and their own life situation. For me, I'm a college professor, so I will take only juniors and seniors. I don't take freshmen. They're just not reliable enough. But if you've proven yourself over a period of years, juniors and seniors, and I usually take them for one full year or two full years if they come in as a junior, and the the day they graduate, they will sign a plaque. It's the most valuable thing I have in my house. It's a wooden plaque for my first ministry. It now has the names of 50 men on it no. that are literally all over the world. And on any given Sunday, they will be the pastoral voice for upwards of 100,000 people. Wow. If I die today, my voice lives on. And I really don't care if I die in a shallow grave that nobody visits, because mm-hmm. I know that my time on this earth has, has marked enough lives that the Holy Spirit through me has, has, has made a difference. You can do that as well. Women often don't offer mentoring because they think, what if I make a mistake? What if I say the wrong thing? Look, here's what I do. Every other Monday... And that's really all I can afford. Every other Monday night is with my guys. One, once a month, it will be 7 to 9 p.m. Sometimes uh, we will go bowling. Sometimes we'll sit at Starbucks. Sometimes we'll uh, go do a work project. But it, it doesn't, really doesn't matter. We never read a book together. And I know a lot of people think, oh, you're mentoring. You've got to do some teaching. No, I don't. What we need is conversation face-to-face, and sometimes the conversation comes out naturally better when we're bowling than it does when we're sitting around the living room trying to manufacture it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to teach them anything. Their questions drive what what I talk about. And so... Many weeks, we will, we will go sometimes for months when nothing substantial happens. But the next week, someone comes in and says, whoa, something just happened in my life. And we talk about that, and that changes the destinies of five guys. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, you are perfectly capable of just using your own life experience and the Holy Spirit through you to alter people's lives. You don't have to manufacture it. You just have to be there. When the moment flies by, you catch it. But if you don't have your catcher's mitt in place, you're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. So every other week at 7 and 9, and every other week uh, we'd go 6 to 9. And the reason for that is the guys bring their fiancés, and their, um, uh, and their wives, if they're married. I don't let girlfriends come. In fact, I don't even let them tell their girlfriends when they're in the group because it's such an intimate group that unless you are committed to this girl for the rest of her, her life, there are some things that you shouldn't be talking about with her. Mm-hmm. And so the girls come over, and that's when my wife comes in. We just have dinner together. Mm-hmm. And we, we, last Monday night, we had dinner together, and I had no agenda. 
But there were two guys in the group that they were at a pivotal moment in their lives. And I just was able to look at both of them and said, here, literally, here is the direction your ministry needs to go. And both of them are following that. And it wasn't, it wasn't that I'm like this dictator that says, uh, you know, do, do my will or else. It's I, I, I'm, I'm a wiser, older brother that I can say, if you go down this path, here's, here's the likely outcome. If you go down this other path, here's the likely, likely outcome. And so that's what it practically looks like. Everyone who mentors needs to do these four things. Number one, you eat together because eating is spiritual. I have a whole theology behind that, but we don't have time. Eat together. Pray together. I want my guys to learn how to pray from listening to me pray. That was Jesus' model. Mm -hmm. Play together. Mm -hmm. And work together. And this uh, a couple weeks ago, we went out, and there was this woman in the community. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman, former prostitute, now Bible college graduate and preacher of the Gospels. Wonderful story. But she just needed some work done in her house. So we just went over there and hammers, nails, paint. But we just did stuff on her house. Out of that came some incredible conversations. Uh, and I, I'm able to see weaknesses and strengths in my guys and the girls came over on that one too, and to see how they to see if they even know how to work. Some of them are great; others just need some encouragement, some areas. So that's that's what I do. It's really pretty simple for my guys. Again, the the one thing at the end of the day, when they walk out, I want them to I want them to believe about themselves what I see in their future. For girls, I think this needs to be this needs to be the driving focus of mentoring a girl, you know you're beautiful. Not because of what you see in the mirror, because you don't look outward, you look inward. Mm -hmm. Women are extraordinary. They have, they have deeper spiritual insights than most men. I think it's because the Holy Spirit embedded most of his qualities in women as opposed to men. And that's okay. The Father put his qualities in men. The Son put his qualities in men. We, we have plenty of godness in the male side as well. But women are so much like the Holy Spirit in their intuition, in their communication, in their sensitivity. You are, what, what I told when I was doing this season of mentoring girls, every time we met, the one thing I would say to every girl, look them in the eye and say, you are perfect. Mm -hmm. And they didn't believe me, but they came closer. And I believed it. Women are perfect. Mm. Screwed up is all get out, but perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's, there's so many things that you've been saying. First of all, when you get these five guys together, do they all know each other ahead of time? And how do you mesh all the personalities and everybody together where it's a cohesive group? Well, that does take about three months usually. But okay. when new guys come in, I always do it with an all-night all night prayer. And it is the... The night before graduation, the guys are graduating the next morning, and we get to my house, usually have a big steak dinner, um, just mess around till midnight. Midnight comes, we're all business. Then we pray until the sun comes up. And that's when the new guys are introduced to the, to the older guys. At the end of the morning, we take communion, and the older guys, who are stellar leaders on campus, 
Hmm. They walk out of the room, and I'm left with five guys who are looking around like deer in the head like, holy cow, (laughs) you want me to be like that? And every year they are. And so at that point, they look at each other and say, if we don't make this happen, it is is not going to happen. So that was, you know, I just stumbled on that by accident. It wasn't anything brilliant. It's not anything anybody else can't reproduce either that way or some other way. But uh, it it works for our guys. But yeah, it usually takes about three months for the new guys to really get to know each other and uh, just feel feel able to be vulnerable with each other. Well, you know, and love the concept you're talking about. We have so many women that come to us and say, we want a formal mentoring program. I mean, talking about women like at churches and different places. And we always say, and love the four things you talked about, eat together, pray together, play together, and work together. And that's what we really believe, that mentoring and relationships happen just doing life, coming alongside by each other. It's not sitting down in front of a workbook and answering questions and going point by point necessarily. It is just doing life together and listening to each other and encouraging each other in the journey. And it does take time, like you're saying. There's this two-year commitment. Well, Mark, we this has been such a fantastic time talking to you. We know so many of our listeners, some are listening live and some are listening as a podcast through our iTunes. We know that they are walking away from this show with some incredible tips to help them not only in their relationship but in their parenting. And so as we wind the show down the last minute and a half, what are some things that you really want our listeners to take away from this show and they can find you at markmore.org and also at girlfriendit.com. We will have this information and a PDF of this, but with a minute left, give us your words of wisdom as we leave this show. Well, ladies, thank you for having me on. Um, I don't know how, I don't have much words of wisdom of my own, so let me just lean on Jesus. The last thing he said before he left this earth, make disciples. Hmm. Everything else in the Great Commission is is a step to making disciples. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to build huge churches. We're not called to choirs or music or Bible colleges. Make disciples. And the power of the kingdom of God on this earth is going to be extended, not through the rich and the famous. We don't need more great people. We just need a bunch of good people. And if you will just open up your home and open up your heart to the girls around you, you can build uh, you can build the Church of Jesus Christ just by making disciples in the natural process of conversation and loving each other. Thank you so much, Mark. And once again, this is Lisa Jernigan and Patty Wyatt. We are GirlfriendIt.com. Come visit our site, and we will talk at you next week. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show designed.